This is a podcast from 3RRR 102.7 FM in Melbourne, truly independent community radio. It's kind of a bit repetitive, isn't it, that... that we say that after 15 years of using it as our thing. Kind of goes on a bit, doesn't so it? Do you reckon those guys could have come up with another vamp? Yeah, yeah, I reckon they, they no. could have gone somewhere, maybe middle eight. Take that, Booker T. Yeah, no way. What a horn section. It's great. And uh, wow, isn't it great to see you people here? Oh, now, you're, you're looking well. You're sounding a bit nasally, Cameron. No, I'm not. What's going on? What are you talking about? What's going on? What do you mean? <laughs> well, are you, you looking at me? Are you looking at me? Yeah. Are, are you accusing me? Huh? Are you, are you unwell? You've been unwell. Stop it. And no, you, I'm you've, fine. you've valiantly dragged yourself into our little container here in these countries. Yeah. I'm a codril commercial. I'm soldier. <laughs> um, happy Father's Day to mm. all of you fathers out there. How is that nail bag fitting? Wow, you look great in that. Now, put some tracky decks on because <laughs> oh, it's a bad mental image. Um, what happens to men? Um, for Father's Day. Do they get breakfast in bed? I don't know. They just get stereotypical power tools, don't they? Well, it is. It's really... The, the, the things you get for Father's Day is sort of like, you know, useful things. Now, go out and do something. I saw Todd Sampson during the week said, you know, this this continual marketing of power tools to men is the equivalent, the gender equivalent, really, of just getting your mum an iron for Mother's Day. It's like, there you go. Just go use that. It is a little bit. It's awful. It's a little bit sexist. Anyway, happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Good on you. And um, glory be, Father's Rock. Yes. Um May we also say and acknowledge... Uh, whilst, our, whilst our toasting glasses are in the air, we no, may as well kick them up there. Uh, we, we say a big thanks, and um, and uh, we really mean this. Mm. This is from the heart. I want to say a huge thanks. First of all, the glory that is Radiothon. Yes. Why is it glory? Uh, Matt and I, mm. we do this show on the weekends, and we say this a lot. Over the years. Mm. And the fact that uh, we look out in the green room. Mm-hmm. Well, it's actually uh, quite busy today. Well, there's a few guests there, and that's yeah. good. But w- there's not the, 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 the wonderful hubbub of yes. the community that is sort of spilling over and coming into our space yes. and being a part of it. And we sort of, it reminds myself, I don't want mm-hmm. to speak for you, Matt, mm-hmm. because that would be rude. Uh, that we are part of this radio community. Am I speaking for you too? Yes. Okay, that's good. You're on board. I like it when you're on board. Um, and anyway, thank you very, very much for all the people that have pledged their subscriptions. The good news is you now only have until September. Wednesday, 28th of September. 5pm. 5pm. Remember what happens at 5.05? You blew it. The portcullis <laughs> is down. The drawbridge is up. It reminds me a bit of the Blues Brothers. Paid. Okay, that's great. Um, so thanks a lot, everybody that's uh, supported this uh, valuable station. Yes, and you can actually, you know all that stuff we were saying last week about being the last day? <laughs> Sucked in, we lied, because you can actually subscribe right up until Wednesday, 20th of September. Did you lie? Yeah. Hmm. We do it every year. Oh, you do? So uh, if you have pledged money, make sure you get the cash in by that date, otherwise you won't be in the money for the prizes. And maybe you're a vacillator. Mm. Maybe you think, nah, I don't know if I want to be a part of this community. Uh, but you could still. Mm. Yes. You could just give us a call and subscribe. You can do it online. Yes. Um, and look, it'll all be great. I'll stop that now. But thank you to all the subscribers, quite genuinely. Hooray! Yes. For subscribers. Now, um, I want to, there's a few things I want to talk about. Uh-huh. One is, um, we've got, um, we've, we've got Chris. Mm. 
who's, uh, I hope we've got Chris, actually, he's not in the bloody studio, is Chris here? No. No, he's not. Um, he's on his way from Orbos. He's on his way from Orbos, what we could are, possibly go wrong? We're hoping. Well, we could always do a phone interview. But anyway, he's um, interesting in the fact that I was speaking to you before the show and yes. I sort of came up with the thing, you know what, Matt? Mm. Chris is almost the Rene Red Zeppi of beer. Really? Chris from, who is, who is this Chris you're talking about? Chris is from, uh, from Sailor's Grave in Orbost. Sailor's Grave. And really. he's just started a, a brewery over there. Yes. And the whole reason, one of the ethos is, uh, behind it is that he wants to create a beer from his own terroir. So yes. a beer from the own area. He wants to get barley from his own area, uh, eventually hops and yes. stuff like that. But um, I went down for an event with Hardcase Harden a while ago. <laughs> Michael, Hello. if you're listening. Hello, right. Michael. Hello, Michael. Um, and one of the things that really, really stood out, as well as all the great produce and mm. you know all the other stuff that was around there, was this delicious beer. And it was flavoured with a bit of pig face. Pig face, of course, is the succulent that grows on the side of the road, adds a sort of salty savouriness. Say that again. What, what's it flavoured with? Say that again. Pig, pig face. Pig face. But it's so not the it's, actual pig face. No. You don't have to no. get your porker and wrestle it down. No. no. It's a succulent. It goes yes. on the side of the road. Yes. Coastal areas. Right. Also has those really, really amazing pink flowers. Mm. Um, so anyway, he's going to come down. We hope. We hope. <laughs> well, I was hoping you see him now. But yeah. anyway, what could possibly go wrong? Mm. Um, John, I complained too long and loudly about my sickness, even though I'm trying to sort of say, look, I'm fine. Yes. Uh, and we, he gives a bit of a, an advice, as only an Italian man can, about uh, per alimentari, you know, about sickness and, yeah. you know, do things. He even gave me a shot of holy water. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. You know, but maybe get a little bit used to that lurgy feeling, Melbourne, because you know what happens after about the first 20 minutes of spring? What happens? Hay fever. Oh. It just punches you in the face. I've oh, already yeah. got the sniffles, and I'm like, it's not even warm yet. How can it be hay fever season? Come on. The glass is half full. Yes. Chris is going to be here. And um, <clears throat> an interesting thing happened uh, a while ago. Melbourne Food and Wine Festival. Mm. Um, I... Oh, is that me? I think it was. So that's my sinuses just going, hi. Um, I, what do you do when you lead a panel discussion? You lead a panel discussion mm. um, about food wastage. And it was kind of interesting in the fact that um, we had a group of people, you know, wide sort of thing from the community. Yes. So we had the politician there, Adam Bant. Good on you, mate. Good to yes. see you. We had the restaurateur talking about food waste, Guy Grossi. Yes. He knows the thing about it. He does. You know, hey? And he's also Italian. Yes. When it comes to that thing, you don't waste food. Don't buy mm. the food. And then we had uh, Katie Barfield, incredible founder of the Yumi app, and she does an awful lot of good. Mm. And, and and then we had the researcher, Diane McGrath, and, and she was able to say, I've quantified this, and it is that much. And mm. it, if it was a graph, it would be this big. And we go, right, that gives us a bit of context. And and that was all very, very good. And mm. and, and then we had um, and then we had someone from big business. Mm-hmm. And I went... Oh, yeah. Okay. And who's he from? Where is he? He's from KPMG. And I go, oh, yeah. Okay. That looks kind of interesting. The manager of corporate citizenship, I said. That looks kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. They, they had something like that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he's a doctor. And I go, oh, well, he's a doctor. And his name's Dr. Koshik Sirda. And um, he was really cool. Mm. He was one of those people that once you started talking to him, and actually, your heart's really in the right place. And you're actually working within this edifice that we consider 
where these things aren't even considered. Yes. You know, food wastage, uh, sustainability. Yes. Triple bottom line accounting. Whatever that is. Whatever that is. Um, so he's going to be our first guest. So I thought it was kind of valid because he was kind of cool. Hmm. And he was uh, interesting in what he had to say and interesting in how he was implementing hmm. what he was saying. Hmm. There's a bit of a John Wayne thing going on here, isn't there? Walking, walk, talking, talking. Yes. Yeah, okay, you get yeah, where right. I'm coming from. <laughs> so um, that's pretty much it. Beer, if it arrives. Yes. Uh, market report, we've got that. That's kind of cool. And um, and just to talk to someone within the corporate sphere as to how we do things better. In a waste-free manner. Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 12.10 here on 3 Triple RFM. Um, you said stuff had happened today. Stuff had happened today. Big day in history, you were saying, before the show. Oh, I've lost my mind. Help me. What was that? Oh, really? No, it's just the, the stuff on this day that you know. Normally- oh, normally. Okay, I thought there was something I'd actually mention. I'll no. go, I don't remember talking to you. Maybe you did that when I, you handed me the coffee, which is delicious, by the way. Why, thank you. Um, today is National Welsh Rarebit Day. Oh, now... Do you everybody know what a Welsh rabbit yeah, is? It's a bit old-fashioned now, isn't ask it? the same question. I'm, my um, gran used to make me Welsh rabbits when I was a kid, so I know what they are. How would you describe it? It's an uptown cheese toasty. Yeah, it's also, you have to use the E word. It's an emulsification. Oh, right. Where you emulsify beer. Yes. With melted cheese. Yes. And then you put it onto... Uh, onto some bread. On toast. And you grill that bad boy. Yeah, it's really good. It's you, pretty you, yum. And you drink beer with it. <laughs> yeah, this is all right. Um... <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, it's St. Gregory the Great, patron of educators, musicians. Mm, oh, yes. <laughs> and stonemasons. Really? That's a wide brief. It's a grab bag. That is a, a wide... Educators and musicians. Yes. Um, now, what did I... There was something interesting here. <laughs> Stop laughing gonna, at me, all right? I'm touch that. Um, no, it wasn't in this day. It was on this day, September the 4th. Yes. Stand by, ladies and gentlemen. Just in case you're wondering, you are listening to Eat It On 3, Triple RFM. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, a Chateaubriand. Mm. Have you ever had a Chateaubriand? I, I haven't. I was saying often uh, I've been tempted by them on the menu, but normally you, you have to order them for two. Well, there's negotiations have to yeah, take place. Yeah, it all gets a bit hard. It's very things like going cross, cross bench type sort yes. of stuff, you know. How do you feel about this? Can mm. we reach the centre? And uh, it, just in case you didn't know, Chateaubriand is the centre cut from a fillet of steak or a beef fillet. And it's grilled and then served with Bernays. And it's one of those things where fillet steak doesn't really do that much for me, really. Yeah, really? Right. You've always been a flavour of it's over It's tender, sort of blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But Bernays sauce rocks with it. Mm. Anyway, and uh, so in 1768, François-Auguste-René mm. Vicomte de Chateaubriand. Mm. Now, that's a name. François-Auguste-René, Vicomte de Chateaubriand. Chateaubriand, uh, he was a French writer and politician. So, happy birthday, Frankie, uh, if you're around. And then just to uh, just to contrast that, in mm-hmm. 1864, bread riots were reported in Mobile, Alabama. Alabama. Bread riots? 1864. So, that was during the independent struggle? Probably was. No. No? No, it's 1700s, too. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I'm 100 years out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not far, but that's all right. Uh, and um, to the death of coconut cream pies everywhere, in 1967, the final episode of Gilligan's Island TV show is. Mm. Anyway, we, let's move on. Shall we? Shall we? We should uh, pay some mortgage with some announcements, and we'll be back just after this. What a great idea. Mm. 
Tim. A very familiar voice. Doesn't he sound good? He does sound good. Uh, yes, Triple R's the station you are listening to, you evolved creature. How's your Sunday going? Um, happy Father's Day again. I hope it's all going well. And uh, we introduced to the microphones probably the first person I've ever had from KPMG on the show <laughs> in in all the years I've been doing this. And it's I'm, I'm almost as surprised as you are. Dr. Kaushik Sirada, very good afternoon to you. Good afternoon to you, Kim. How are you? I'm excellent. How are you? Happy Father's Day. Uh, thank you very much. Um, I haven't heard about that, but um, I haven't received any cards today, so <laughs> All right. we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, but I, by way of introduction, I remember um, doing a panel discussion, which was great. It was a, a lot of fun for Melbourne Food and Wine Festival. To us, yeah. uh, and, and we had that group of people. As I said, we had the politician, the restaurateur. Uh, Yumi App founder Katie Barfield. We had the researchers, so we had the facts and figures, and then we had you. So it, feels like, it feels like a Beatles song. And then there was you, <laughs> the guy from KPMG. And I remember thinking, oh yeah, whatever I, I might have said to myself. And I was sort of wondering. First of all, you are the manager of corporate citizenship. That's right. How did you get that gig? I guess, first of all, and then I guess, first of all, how did you get into the role? And then for those of us um, populating the rest of society in the world, like, what is that? And, and how does it work? Corporate citizenship at, um, at KPMG or, or any other corporate, um, it's about walking the talk on the non-financial Aspects. So you brought in John Wayne already. That's right, Good John Wayne. Okay. John Wayne, my right. hero. Yes. In addition to Elvis Presley. The Duke. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So we are used to, you know, looking at companies talking about uh, the bottom line. Yeah. From a, fi- from a financial sense. Well, that's well, and let, let's face it, that's the corporate imperative. Right. It's the corporate imperative for shareholders that's to right. keep them engaged, to keep them investing, mm. and to keep your share price up. You make a really good point about shareholders because mm. the language has changed, has changed over the decades from shareholders to stakeholders. Oh, yes. What it's does not, that mean? So stakeholders is a much broader range it of is a broad, people. It's a, it's a bigger – It's if we're throwing the rock in the pond, it's mm. the next circle out, isn't it? That's right. Okay. Um, so stakeholders can be your customers, can yes. be your suppliers, can be your people. I mm. think um, you know employees can be one of the biggest assets for any organization. Can be your neighbors. Could be neighbors. Okay. Could be you. Could be you, Cam. Could, could be me. Am I a stakeholder? <laughs> you never know. Matt, you could be a stakeholder. Too. Awesome. <laughs> okay. And that goes for you guys out there. All right. So we're being silly, but let's, we'll, we'll come back on the focus. Exactly. So uh, we're talking about financial bottom line, mm. but there's additional bottom lines that are important to a company, to society, to government, to the whole planet, and that's environment and social. Mm. So corporate citizenship or sustainability or CSR takes a three-pronged approach yep. to trying to mitigate issues around these three areas so we take the chairs that we're sitting on yes imagine if it was a stool right. with three legs yeah if it had one leg which was the financial bottom line you may not be able to balance yourself yeah. unless you're really you know you can balance really well on a one-legged stool yes but then if you take the financial the environment and the social as being the three legs of the stool mm-hmm. you'll probably be able to have a good seat Okay. <laughs> okay, so the stool analogy, yeah, that's good. I, I, I like that. But I guess what it is is it's it's looking – I guess it's for corporations to look outward a bit more. 
than just being insular because that's one of the things that is the mantra where you hear about corporate we've all heard about corporations and they're so maddening and the fact is well basically everybody else I'll, I'll paraphrase right everybody else can go and screw themselves we're just responsible as shareholders and the rest of you can doesn't matter you don't exist but by introducing by introducing triple bottom line accounting you say that the rest of society the environment is something that needs to be considered and brought on board i think there is a cost attached to everything mm. the smoke that comes out of this building the carbon pollution there is an externality which can be costed putting a smile on your listeners faces Mm-mm. happiness what is the social impact or the social cost of that so for companies i think triple bottom line was a wake up call when yes. they were all caught up or many of them were caught up around ethical scandals you know corporate governance environmental issues their behavior came back and bit them on the bottom pretty much pretty much isn't it pretty much and, and, so, and so then what you do is you have an, a term that was sort of termed against the america you have a bit of blowback yeah yeah. It was it was a bit of a, um, uh, a wake-up call. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, The triple bottom line. And, and it also is based in self-preservation, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's that thing that I think Keating said, you know, it's uh, always uh, back self-interest. It's the only horse that's trying. Well, I think with, with triple bottom line, yes. with reporting around non-financial issues, mm. not everything that counts can be counted and not everything that can be counted counts. If that makes sense. Matt, Matt's just went, he's writing that down. <laughs> you got Matt, yes. So exactly. So um, the triple bottom line, when it came into play for mm-hmm. corporates to start reporting on their environmental and social issues or risks or impacts, it was thought to be an accounting metric. Yeah. So people saw that as a kind of a balance sheet for reporting on non-financial things. Yeah, we want to see it on a, on a spreadsheet. On a spreadsheet. And, you, and unless you can put it on a spreadsheet, it doesn't exist. Spreadsheet. Spread, death by PowerPoint? Yes. Death by spreadsheets. Yes. I tell you what. I yes. used to have nightmares of spreadsheets when I was back doing my auditing of you know a number of different clients in different industries. I used to dream about spreadsheets. But you'd be surrounded by that grid and it would slowly tighten around you and you couldn't That's breathe. Right. Anyway, let's not go there. Macros. Oh, what's yeah. that now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's served as a wake-up call. Yes. But obviously, you refer to me as a doctor. So I, I did a PhD, and the, the purpose of my PhD was on the triple bottom line and what were some of the issues with it as a framework. And to summarize the, the uh, 65,000 word document mm. in one sentence. Which is what you're supposed to do with a PhD. I have to. Yeah. Um, is that the triple bottom line was nothing more than a metaphor. It wasn't an accounting metric. Yes. It was nothing more than a metaphor, but it yeah. was an excellent wake up call. It was, wish, it was wishful thinking. <laughs> the person who coined it is very happy today. Yeah. But it was my job as a doctorate student to try and prove him wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and it was kind of funny that you, you said to me that in your role uh, in the corporation, you wanted to see yourself out of a job in about four years. It's every sustainability professional's dream. Yes. To, in a very, very pardon my French, sick manner, mm. to be made redundant in yeah. a few years. Because every aspiration of someone that works in my field is to have something like this embedded within the business strategy. So your mission, mm. your vision, your values, everything, you live and breathe sustainability. Once a company can do that, there is no need for a sustainability professional anymore because IT speaks the language, procurement speaks the language, customer service speaks the language, marketing speaks the language. What do you need me here for? You're almost like John Wayne leaving leaving the grateful town and going over the mountain range to go and Indeed. and and rescue another 
another small town. Yes, cowboy slash Superman. <laughs> if that even makes sense. What? Okay. Um, we we probably don't have much time because we've got to get to John and he's got to tell us about how we can help about sickness. But tell me some tangible things that you've been able to achieve with this big uh, accounting monolith. Is that unkind? Accounting monolith? No, it's right. Matt's going. That's okay. Matt. Could try. Okay, good on you. I think. What have I mean, you done? What you can't measure, you can't manage. Yes. So we, I think, in so I've been in this space for ten years now, and we have managed to measure the cost of carbon, yes. the cost of improved quality of life, yes. through various partnerships and so on and so forth. And what is the impact on the people? So, for for example, if I talk from KPMG Australia's point of view, for mm. ten years we've had a commitment to reconciliation for Indigenous Australians. Right. And through that, we've had an impact of about you know fourteen, fifteen million dollars community contribution every year back to the community through volunteering, through pro bono, through mentoring opportunities, so on and so forth. If you take it from an environment point of view, we have saved about twelve percent of our carbon emissions from two thousand and ten baseline. So if you costed that at $23 per ton, which is what Julia Gillard costed carbon during yeah. the days of the carbon tax, we probably saved millions for the firm. But it's much more than that. It's not just about operational efficiencies and saving money. It's a social dividend. It's a social dividend. Yeah, yeah. And I, I get it. I get it. And I think it's also about, uh, you know, <laughs> it's interesting the difference between humans and, and animals. You know, animals adapt themselves for the environment, whereas humans, they actually change the environment, the environment for, themselves, for themselves, as Anne Rand said. Yeah. And that's the thing, which is this topic can be humanized or dehumanized. Yeah, exactly. Companies like, can do their are, best. Are we, the, are we the savior of the world? Can we stop and, and change things around? That's or right. are we like Bill Hicks says, and we're just a virus with shoes? That's right. Well, companies can do their best. But at the end of the day, if consumer behavior yes. is not changing... Mm. Then it's it's a re- it's a really hard value proposition for companies to keep keep on keeping at it. Yes. Um, so you take you take food waste as an example. Mm. There's a billion people around the world. Yes. That don't get food. Yes. But I think we make enough food for for seven uh, billion people yeah, I know. to I have know. food. Yeah. Um, so consumer behavior is a really important thing. I think companies, government people working together in a concerted manner mm. in a systems thinking kind of way where the sum of the parts is greater than the whole. Yep. It's like a football team. 11 players, one alone. Ronaldo alone is not going to win a game. you got to have 11 working together. Got to get someone passing you the ball. That's right. That a good assist good. and a good goal. Well, I was going to talk about how the battles you have with the, the old dudes upstairs. Um, but I guess what we – we probably don't have time for that. But I guess I really just wanted to get you on and just to say – we might have preconceptions about corporations and their behaviour, and um, sometimes that's right. But to know that there are people operating within the system to change it, and I just really wanted to say, um, Koshik, thank you so much for coming on. Lovely to see you again, quite seriously. And um, I think it's great that, first of all, you are who you are and you exist in the framework, and may you keep doing great work. Thanks for the opportunity, and, Cam. And Thanks, come guys. back, and maybe we can we can find some other topics to uh, to talk about. It is twelve twenty seven here on three triple RFM. Maddie, do you have to pay rent? Uh, we're going to pay a little bit of mortgage, in and the then end. go straight into market, and then we're going to catch up with John. Oh, what a great idea! Yeah. Koshi, thanks again. Enjoy the rest of the day. Thanks, guys. See you. See you. <laughs> All right, here we are at the, uh, the Queen Victoria Market. Haven't quite got sun on our shoulders yet. It's coming, it's coming. Oh, I hope so. Like I hope Christmas, so. it's coming. Well, like Christmas is coming, and we have this inevitability of the year 
progressing because I'm I'm wandering around the market and bloody hell, blow me down, strike me down with a feather. I saw mangoes. Yeah. That's nuts. It is. But it's spring, don't forget. Yeah, I don't know. They're doing some weird things to those trees up there in the Northern Territories. Well, no, I think we're learning. It's a learning curve for a lot of things, really? you know. See, in the olden days, we didn't have chestnuts falling out of the trees onto the ground in Victoria. Now we do. Mm. We didn't have olives everywhere. Now we do. Yeah. And we didn't have six million carchofi. Now we do. What are you saying to me? Artichokes. Have oh, a oh artichokes. Ah, yeah, yeah, artichokes, mate. That's yeah. a good artichoke. This one's a hybrid. It's got Fucking a beautiful hell. purple hue. Yeah. And it's definitely saying I'm springtime stuff. Yeah, my God. Look you at know, this thing. It's, it's like... uh, magenta. Yeah, it's got a really, really thick stem. My God. So there's been a great pathway for nutrients to go oh, to the, the flower head. Too. And let's face it, just so in case you didn't know, that's a thistle. It is. It and is. It's an edible thistle. Like a lot of things, the Italians and the Greeks and most Europeans get out there, anything that's green and edible, that's it. It doesn't matter if it's got a name or not, mate. Well, it takes a Greek or an Italian to go, you know what, I'm going to have a go at eating that. I'm well, sure we can, we, can, we can eat that. Definitely. And, and I saw a thing on uh, the island of Crete on TV a couple of weeks ago. It's beautiful. They yeah. still send people out into the hills to pick the weeds and bring to the restaurants, like wild chicories and things like that. That's why they live so long. Good for your guts. Good for the gut. Good olive oil, mm. full of iron and nutrients, fibre, mm. you know, no sugar. Can, all right, can I, before we go into the wonders of spring, all right, look at me. Yeah. Well, look at yeah, me. Yeah. Before we go into this whole wonder of bloody spring thing, can you help us out as an Italian? Now, to all the Melburnians that have been suffering through the last couple of weeks with, I don't know, there's all these sort of lurgies that are going around, end of winter sort of... Yeah, I've been lucky. I didn't get it. I thought I was going to be lucky. And i got housemates that went down. They were down for a week, and I'm going, no, I'm going to be all right. But anyway... People with colds. Italians know about dealing with things for, you know, colds. What do we What do we eat? What do we do? Yeah, well, Mum's been unlucky. She's had a cough more than a cold, and it's been harder to Nancy. deal with. Yeah. yeah, but there are remedies for that too. But right, you've got to find all the right words. But first, we'll talk about a cold. Right. A, a, a lot of the Italians they eat garlic. A lot of garlic when they've got a cold, and onions. Natural antibiotics. Natural antibiotics. Um, a, uh, the allium that just will hopefully just frighten off yeah. all sickness. Let's go over here. It's sunshine. Oh, the sun's out. Come on, let's go. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah we're leaning all... against John's sun... at the moment. Genius. Sun lizard. Leaning against the Commodore. Yes, I am. It's all right. It's an old girl. All right. Um, so, now, garlic. Lot, yeah, a lot of us modern ones, we buy the garlic pills, but a, a lot of the older Italians and Greeks, they'll okay. swallow okay, what were you, a what whole you? piece of garlic every morning. What, not chew it? No, just swallow it. Really? Yeah, the body will deal with it. Right. And it gets all that selenium, as you were saying, and stuff. Yes. And builds up your immune system a little bit. Yeah. Tickly throat, like we've always said, you get a, a, an orange, a lemon, and a mandarin, you juice it, warm it through, put a bit of honey in it, the best soother. For a, a yeah. How about this one? I heard, tell me if this is an old wives' tale. Get an onion, cut it in half, and then slice it very, 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 very finely. Put some honey on top of that, and that draws out this juice from the onion, and you're supposed to drink that, and that's supposed to help. You heard that one? Yes, I have, uh, and a lot of people don't chop it finely. They just cut it in half and cover it with um, 
the honey, yeah. and uh, the juices will come out, and then and then they munch it, and all that strong flavour's gone. Uh, I don't know, it's still got to be in a quiet taste, but yeah. when you're sick, you do nearly anything, mate. Yeah, uh, I, I guess there's so, people, hopefully you're feeling better, but with really bad breath. Yeah, but these old wives' things, uh, Granny's recipes and remedies always work, so who are we to well, complain? I guess what we have to sort of think about is it's sort of like Chinese medicine. It's sort of like observation over... Generations. Thousands of years. Yeah, okay, thousands of years. So there's got to be some sort of truth to some of it. So, all right, so we've got garlic that we take. Obviously, we have this soup, which the Italians have invented. Brodo, chicken brodo. No, I'm going the other one, to minister good Ah, health. Minestrone. Now, a good minestrone has got everything in it, you know. Uh, Easily all, digestible. Yeah, all the uh, weeds like chicory, endive, uh, savoy cabbage. You can put rape in if you want to. Mm. You put in some pulses. Yeah. Uh, you need to put lentils or bolotti beans or, or red lentils or whatever. There are no rules. Anything that goes in, it's got to be a really hearty, hearty. Mm. And, uh, and sometimes you can even put a lamb shank or something in it to give it a bit of uh, meat if you want. A bit of oomph. A bit of oomph. Yeah. Uh, like we always say, a bit of oomph. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And um, we, we had a friend that when you gave him a plate of minestrone, he'd pick out more to juice and put half a bottle of red wine in his plate and his missus would be screaming, Memo, what are you doing? The poor, poor guy's left the building. But he used to drink that. And he said, look, he was only three foot nothing, never sick, never. Really? Yeah. Wow. So, you know, these things work. That's I don't know nuts. if it was the I've red wine or the minestrone. But, yeah, I've seen a couple of guys do it. Gosh. And and um, another one as well is um, when the old boys were playing cards up in Carlton, I'd watch them. Mm. They'd stop playing. Out come the plate of pasta. The northern Italians would be shaving the horseradish on top. Yes. And the southern Italians would be covering it with red chilli. And they'd be eating, eating, eating. And, and, and arguing about and which uh, one's better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a glass of red wine and the sweat would be dripping off them. Off the southerners. Off all of them, mate. Oh, the horseradish, the mate, and it fixes you up as well. That opens up all the sinuses and yeah, yeah. and, and uh, airways as well. You know, horseradish is very good for you. Pungent and powerful. Pungent, yeah. Even if you chew on a little bit of a leaf of a horseradish, it's enough to open up all the, the nose senses, you know. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, it's very good for you. Unfortunately, mere mortals like you and well, most people don't have access to. Horseradish leaves, but you can certainly do a tablespoon of prepared, I suppose, couldn't yeah, you? Yeah, of course, of course. You know, you do what you have to do. Horseradish around the world, that's more. When, mm, when is that coming? We've, we've been lucky. There's a couple of growers that are growing a lot of it. When's Passover? Uh, about Easter time, normally. Yeah, because it's. You, yeah. you get it for that's Passover. That's normally when we bring it because we know that people look oh, for okay, it. But yeah, right, you okay, can get it pretty much all year round. It takes three years to grow. Yes. So a good operator, uh, there's a couple of good operators out there. They're, they're picking it when it's big. They're cleaning it. It's presentable. Mm. Easy work. Mm. All right, let's go. Let, let's just quickly go back per alimentari, you know, for the sickness. Um, so we had minestrone. You didn't. You were about to say brodo, but I, was, I interrupted you. So we're in the whole thing of soups are good. Soups yeah. are good because they warm you up. Soups are good because it's... It, the, the food has been digested for you. That's much. right. That's so, right. So you don't have to spend so much energy in in in, in digesting, but to absorb nutrients and get better. Yes. And What's also, good about brodo? The soul foods as well. Soul foods. Yeah. Even um, 
They make you feel better when you're eating them. Oh, I thought you were going to be in a black exploitation movie or something like that. No. Okay, that'd be silly. Yeah, okay. all right. Well, forgive me. You, you've been kind to me, John. Look at it. He looked away. He smiled. He went, yeah, he's sick. I'm not going to give him a hard time. Back to the broto. Okay, what? Well, the broto, again, it's got, you know, your onions and your carrots and your chicken and parsley and garlic and salt and pepper and whatever else you want to chuck I in. I love it already. Yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and even there, you know, you can put a drop of uh, a few different things, if you like, at the end. Okay. You know, so, again, there are no wrongs. I'm uh, just thinking of the holy water on the side. <laughs> yeah, exactly, mate. <coughs> uh, and it's Father's Day, so we're all going to do it. Oh, happy Father's Day. Thank you. Yeah. Same to everyone out there, too. What would you get? Uh, I didn't see anyone this no, morning, so <laughs> tonight I'll go to mums and dads. And, and go, no, 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 they'll all be there, so I'll join the them for dinner. Ever. Yeah, and I want to make you breakfast in bed before you go yeah, to the market. Dream on, mate. No, 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 no. <laughs> I didn't even get that from the boss. No, 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 forget it. All right, so yeah, the oh. brighter's good. Um, and what we're saying for the coughs, we didn't get to yeah, that one. Coughs, 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 coughs. Uh, my mum lost the remedy, unfortunately, but oh, really? when my grandmother came, they went out and they picked mulva leaves. Um, What'd you say? Mulva. It's a mulva. Uh, mulva. It's a weed. I, I still can't find the English name for it. All right. Uh, maybe it's called mulva in English. I don't yeah. know. Ain't got no reference for that. Um, but then you know, you pick the wild uh, chicory and um, mm-hmm. milk thistles and things like that, mm. and and they call it a decotto, which means it's been stewed up, and they put lemon and orange in it, bay leaves. Um, and, and it's boiled up and what you call re- decocto? decocto. This is like a, yeah. a decoction, is yeah, I think yeah. the English word, which means uh, you're making a, a powerful infusion, mainly bitter herbs, isn't it? They're yes, all bitter yes, things. Yes. Yeah, okay. And and every day it's rewarmed and probably yeah. add a few more herbs and spices. It does work because a few years back my my mum's sister had this cough. Six or seven months, the doctor couldn't cure it. They made this concoction and and she drank it. Within a week, she was better. Now, I don't know if it was meant to be or if the weeds helped. Or just great timing. But, you know, we we try. If it works, we do it again. If it doesn't work, we don't do it again. Or if it doesn't work, well, we try something different. And, again, that's the whole thing about this class. We we look at observation over generations that there has to be something to it. Oh, definitely, because... um, my grandfather used to say, if you do something and it doesn't work and it's painful, you learn to do it better. Next time, you don't do yeah. the same mistake twice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's not just talking about business, that's talking about eating. If you eat something and it's giving you a hard time, well, next time it's someone offers, do you say, thank you, but no, yeah, thank you. Yeah, you know what? Uh, no. Yeah. Nah, it's nah. called uh, knowledge plus experience equals <laughs> wisdom. Yeah, 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 it's good. Yeah, so... Uh, yeah, so now do you want to talk about beautiful colours of spring? No, I want to no? quickly talk about, um, so we've got to do our juices and things like that because yeah? that is a good soothing thing when you are well. That, well, that's, that's a 52-week-a-year soother. Yeah, but we're also coming to the end of winter, so we've got this abundance of um, citrus. So as you have taught me over the years, mixing and matching the mandarin juices with a little bit of honey warmed up slightly can be a beautiful soothing thing and... Uh, you're getting vitamin C, and sure, it's got to be helping. And I found also it's better than drinking coffee late at night. Yeah. Because mm, I, I love coffee. I can drink coffee any time. Really? But coffee, I'll put sugar in it. Oh, okay. So it brings up my sugar levels. Okay, I can't drink coffee so, after about 2 o'clock yeah, in the I, afternoon. I can drink it, doesn't matter, half awake, asleep, or, wow. or what, any time. Yeah. And it doesn't affect me. But yeah. just for the being cautious about sugar and caffeine levels and so on, you know, it's beautiful. I have a little bit of juice, 
uh, and it soothes you when you're going to bed too and you sleep a little bit better. So, you know, like you said, there's an abundance of mandarins and oranges and varieties of oranges. There's caracara, there's navels, there's valencias, blood blood oranges, and then there's other half-casts as well. And now they've come up with a new mandarin at the um, supermarkets are calling sumo mandarins because they look a big puffy thing with a knob on top. Oh, yeah, they're quite... um they're quite nice. They're sort of like the tangelo of yeah, mandarins, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, but I'd rather eat a tangelo because if you get a good tangelo, they're to die for. Yeah, they are uh, good. Not as bitter or as acidic as a um, grapefruit. Grapefruit, because I can't eat it. Too. Yeah, yeah, but I can't eat a pure grapefruit because it affects my hay fever. It tastes like it's rotting. Yeah. So yeah, so try a lot of that. So there's so much out there, and not bad. Bianca's got this little whizzy thing. You can put apples in it as well with your uh, other juices, mm. and you get a good blend: celery, beetroots. Well, she get herself a bullet or something. Yeah, a little one. Or she's, got, she's got a little baby one. I don't know right. if it's a bullet or not, but anyway, right. easy to do. All right. Anyway, we've been I've monopolised your time on this, uh, you know, malady thing, and I'm really glad to hear you're you're, you're feeling well. Um, it is spring. You, we brought out some things you wanted to say to me when I first saw you. Hey, Cam, it's about the colour, and we had a look at that beautiful artichoke. But we've got things like broad beans I've seen, the first flush of those. Asparagus is starting. And look at the beautiful purple tips on them, beautiful long green stems. They're awesome. There's no waste on them at all. They're all green all the way down. I just say to people, cut the bottom off. And actually, yesterday, for the first time, the columnist... Yeah, well, anyway, Sunday. <laughs> in the Herald, in the Herald Sun, oh, actually yeah. said oh, columnist. Yeah, yeah. Don't snap them. Cut the bottom because I had a go at her a couple of years ago and she didn't appreciate it. Really? Yeah, yeah. Um, she rather ignored me. Um, oh, don't but, want to do that with John because there's no waste. You know, if you're going to chuck it into a stock, it's okay. But a lot of people don't make stock anymore, and it's tragic to snap it and lose a third of your asparagus because yeah, it's just so no. beautiful. I don't know if you asparagus know. ends really add that much to a stock. To be honest with you, well, it can be a filler, uh, fiber. All right, yeah. All right. Um, a favorite thing to do with um, asparagus? It's pretty much easy. Just cook them and eat them for God's sake. Salt, oh, olive oil. A little bit of Parmigiano if you want. Yeah, I got lucky. She made me an asparagus omelette. Chopped them up into oh, uh, little bits like uh, like you used to chop the beans in the 50s. Yeah. Um, fry them in olive oil until they're nearly golden brown and then whip up your eggs. <laughs> I actually can fry a bit of carrot in with the um, asparagus as well. For a bit of sweetness. Yeah, a bit of yeah. sweetness and colour. Um, mix up your egg with plenty of parsley, garlic, salt and pepper. Chuck it in. Don't overcook the egg. You know, some people... Um, Sometimes you forget an overbrown the omelette. But if you just cook the eggs like doing perfect scrambled eggs, timing's right. The French have a word for that. Yeah. Baveuse or something like that. When you do an omelette, it should still be yeah. a little bit creamy. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Not, not, not spongy. Well, not like rubber. You don't yeah. want to like throw yeah. it at the wall and it bounces yeah. back. And, and, and it's to die for. Yeah. And when you've eaten the asparagus omelette, after half an hour, an hour, you go to the loo and you know your kidneys are working because you can smell it. Only with a per- certain percentage of people. Yeah, about yeah, 80 to be, to 90%. It, it's a genetic predisposition. But it can happen within, a, like, about six minutes. Yes, it can. It's insane. And and it's it's good because, like I said, it reminds you, kidneys are working. Yeah, well, your flushes something's the working. System, and also the flavour. That's the most important thing. It's just spectacular. That uh, sounds good. All right, look, I'm, I've monopolised your time today, John. Pick of the market. Pick of the market? Everything. 
Yeah, everything. Pretty much. Asparagus. Get in. Yeah. We're selling 14 today. They will get cheaper. Yeah. Last year, I never sold, I think, under 10 or $12. But hopefully this year, I, I believe they're getting a good crop coming up, so they might be a little bit cheaper. So you can, it's been good conditions for them. It's certainly been wet. Yeah, definitely. But you can always find cheap stuff, you know, crooked ones and ugly ones if you want to make a soup of that. But good stuff you've got to pay for. Artichokes, get in. I've got... Four varieties, five varieties that have artichokes on the stand, which is unusual. Wow. Then radicchio, look at that beautiful radicchio there. So versatile, you can eat it raw in a salad. I say to people, chop it and soak it in water for five or ten minutes to get that bitterness out of it mm. if you're not used to it. Mm. If not, just chop it straight into a salad. You can pull the leaves out and do French-style fry hot steak on it. You can brush it with oil, put it under the grill. So many things you can do with it. Walnuts. Definitely. Nashy pears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The possibilities are endless, as I say. I've been, for some reason, I'm really craving them. Yeah. And I brought a couple of tomatoes out. We got Romas from Queensland. We got blood red ones for cooking, like you were saying. That yeah. Indian guy wanted to make a sugar, so he bought a kilo of the nice ripe ones. We got green ones. I talked him into the salad. Romas. Yeah, yeah. He, he knows he's cooking. He's a good boy. Yeah, he's a good boy. Um, he cooks up for him and his partner. Uh, and we got Murray Bridge tomatoes. The local tomatoes are probably just planting, and now people are still asking me, where are the Doncaster tomatoes? Yeah. These Murray Bridge, they're beautiful. They've got colour, they've got texture, aroma. So, you know, salads, fried tomatoes. What can I say? What can, You've said a lot. What can I say? <laughs> Maybe too much. No, not at all. Uh, John, thanks for your time, mate. Um, I should probably just uh, get a move on, and I'm, uh, I'm definitely going to do that... Uh, um, uh, artichoke and potato and a little bit of broad bean thing, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. Do a little bit now yeah. and a big, big batch later. Sounds good. All right, John, thank All right. you very much. And, oh, and happy spring. Happy Father's Day to you. Thank mate. you, and the same to everyone out there too. Gorgeous. See you, mate. See ya. Uh, John, isn't he a beauty? You are listening to 3 Triple RFM. Good on you. Yes. Uh, 12.46 is the time here at the trip. Um, we're in sort of the, um, well, the tail end of the show. Shall, uh, we, shall we fess up? Um, We've had a bit of a guest act, astrophy. A guest atrophy. I'm trying to compound word and I'm not even able to do guest that. Guest atrophy? Does that mean they're getting smaller and... Oh, get, get astrophy. Get astrophy. Um, yeah, uh, miscommunications. Uh, apologies, Chris, mm. if I gave you the wrong thing. Eh, whatever. Anyway, he He's thought it was next week. So, the good news is... Coming up next week. Coming up next week on the show, <laughs> we're going to be looking at uh, some great Orbost beer. Yes. And... Uh, give you a week to get ready for that. And I think Chris will need to bring another slab in. <laughs> <laughs> Might be the go. Um, so, yeah, 12.46... Uh, the good news is uh, we've got some music. We're going to do a little giveaway. Yes. Um, we don't often do recipes. We might actually do a bit of a... We might fling a springtime recipe your way. But should we do the... Um, do you want to just uh, run through the giveaway? Because there's an excellent prize up for grabs if you are a Triple R subscriber. That's that right. would be the giveaway. Yeah. Wandering its way around the microphone. And that would be the motivation. Why would I want to be a subscriber? Because you can be... Part of this. That's <laughs> right, ladies and gentlemen. It's the September Latin Festival. And we have... One double pass to give away. It's happening on September, uh, Saturday, September 24th. And uh, the read goes something like this. Mm. The September Latin Festival celebrates Latin food, music and culture with two days. Two. Two whole days. Far out of jam-packed entertainment. Yes. Featuring live Latin music. Dig it. Dances and family-friendly activities, including soccer clinics, kite-building amusement rides and farm animals. Wow. 
Uh, plus, mouth-watering cuisine, including Peruvian ceviche. See, it's got the phonetic spelling there. Yes. So, I, so I don't screw I that up. I love a good ceviche. Yeah, I love a good ceviche yes. too. Paella. Argentinian <laughs> We really are leaning on this a bit, aren't we? <laughs> it's making me laugh. Anyway, it's good. Argentinian barbecue and much more. It sounds pretty good. Did you say it was on September 24th? I did. I said September 24th and 25th at Sandown Park, Springvale. That's Sandown Park and Springers. Springy. Springy. Uh, oh, wow, they've got a good late license too. 10 a.m. till 10 p.m. Mm. Stay there for 12 hours. And if we wanted to attend this this amazing event, uh, if you just Google it, I assume. Well, you couldn't be just anyone. You couldn't be just Joe Citizen. You have to be a subscriber, man. Oh, no, not to attend the festival, you don't. To, oh, no, 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 no that's, that, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's open to the civilians. You can just come on, come all. But, but, but the fact we're telling you about it probably gee. means we have a double pass to give away, I believe. Is it a double? I think it is. It is one double pass, and I did Excellent. say that at the top of the Good. read, Matt, if you were paying attention. Good. Hey? Yes. Come on. Work with me here, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, well, there is a question, though. Yes. So you need to give us a ring. 93881027. You need to be a subscriber. Congratulations to all those who are. Yes. And uh, I'm not sure if they will be there. Mm. Um, I think the Pisco people were talking about being there. Yes. But uh, we had some Pisco Sours. We did. And they were ace. They were awesome. They rock. But they had a garnish. They do. And when we say garnish, I guess we kind of mean uh, what's the last thing you add to it before you serve. Yeah. Is that a fair enough way to put it? Yeah, well, it's it is the most, it's the, it's an obvious embellishment on the top of the glass, on the top of the drink. Yes. Anyway, what do you put in to make the pisco sour the pisco sour? Um, give us a ring nine three double eight one zero two seven if you know the answer. Of course, you must be a subscriber to win the prize. Yes, because Matt gets all homicidal. I do. <laughs> We need to talk Don't about like this. It's <laughs> been going on for this many anger years. anger issues. Many, got. many years. 12, so, 12.50. Give us a ring, 93881027, and uh, you can pick up a double pass to the September and, and, Festival. And what, and what do you get there? Was it the ceviche? Uh, including ceviche, a paella, Argentinian barbecue, and much more. It sounds good. Do you like the phonetic spelling they had I there? I do, at least just for, for idiots like me. Yeah. Should we have some dialing music? Yeah, we will have dialing yes. music, and uh, this is one of those things. I reckon this is a good song that yeah. if you're in the kitchen... You can. Uh, it's a good driving song. It's a good moving around song. If you're not moving your ass now, we want you to move it now. Yeah, that's right. Subscribe or the dog gets it. We, we apologise <laughs> if, if your pet just went nuts at the radio for the last 45 seconds. Uh, I tell you what, mm-hmm. it, 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 some things can stump us. Um, yes. And Susie Morris Ashton's voice. Never does because we know exactly what she's saying. Yes. But the um, the uh, the live read didn't didn't. The go giveaway off. we actually still have the double pass the September Latin Festival because no one got the answer correct. In fact, I tell a lie. Uh, poor Jennifer rang. She got the answer right, but guess what? She didn't subscribe. She wasn't a subscriber. Good thing you didn't have to run out and hunt her down. Um, so what we're going to do is um, we're going to offer it again. It's mm. round two. So we're talking about a drink. It's a pisco sour. Yes. Um, Pisco, unaged, uh, unwooded brandy from uh, Peru and Venezuela. Mm. The Peruvian. I wish Sebastian was here. He he would know. know. But what we're what we're after specifically? The garnish. The garnish. The last thing you do, and uh, and what it is. um, I'm gonna I'm gonna give a little bit of a clue. Yes. Uh, And the clue is that this garnish originally was there to ward off malaria. Really? No. Right. No. 
There a lot of people got pisco sour and they were throwing ingredients at me, but no one could quite get the garnish. Twelve we... fifty-seven. Let's uh, let's go. To we go call? to the phones and just randomly pick a line? Hello. We will. Who's there? this? Hello, it's Darren. How are you, Darren? Darren. Good afternoon, mate. Do you know I the answer? It's a... Yeah, yeah. I reckon I do. I reckon it's a couple of drops of uh, bitters. See, there you go. First yeah, up. Absolutely correct. Uh, Angostura bitters. That, that actually depends if it's a Peruvian pisco sour or a Chilean one. The Chileans don't tend to put the drop in. Really? So there you go. So yeah. why did the other ones do it? Well, what was their thing? I'm not sure, but it's okay. actually nicer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, it rocks. And it, it also it adds to the uh, the beautiful aroma. So what we might do is, uh, first of all, those that are on hold and are listening, uh, we have to say... You're out of luck. You're out of luck. Because, Thanks for uh, this this brain, this 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 cerebellum has come through uh, with the goods. So if you want to hang on, uh, Matt will get we'll grab your, your details after the show in a couple of minutes. Is that okay? Sure, sure. Hey, and thanks for the, it was Darren, wasn't it? Yeah, thanks. Thanks, thanks, for that. thanks Daz. So yeah, that was Darren yes. doing that. So he's off to the uh, September Latin Festival, which uh, in oddly spring enough is in September. Can you tell us where it is again? It's a Sandown Racecourse in Springvale on September twenty four, twenty five. Uh, should be good. Yeah, it sounds good. Now, I'm going to go home. Yes. What I'm going to do is I'm going to get a big pot. And I'm yes. going to peel those tomatoes. <laughs> Start again. Take two. Yes. Uh, I'm going to peel some potatoes. Yes. Different, <laughs> different thing. Different flavor. Different thing. Different, different whole vibe. Um, clean off the artichokes. Uh, shove them in with the broad beans. Maybe whack a salad onion in there. Just cover it with some water. Bring it up to the boil. Lots of olive oil on the top of it. Mm. Cook it for about 20 minutes, and then you just have it as this yummy soup. And it, um, you normally throw some parsley at it too, don't you? Towards at the, the end. end. You just shove it in. Shove it in. Yeah. And also found out that a little bit of basil works well with it. Un, wheel. So um, a little bit truncated, the show. Um, sorry we didn't view Chris. Um, I'll say, look, I'll do a mere culpa and say it's my bad. <laughs> It's probably the easiest, isn't it? You know? <laughs> but coming up next week, we're going to have Chris. Oh, we're going to have Chris! Who's going to bring in some beer. Sailor's Grave, extra slab. Yes. Um, <clears throat> no, it's, um, it's a really, really interesting product and a really interesting ethos. And um, I look forward to seeing him. Hope you've enjoyed the show this week, ladies and gentlemen. Again, quite sincerely, huge thanks to all the support from... Listeners, subscribers out there. Yes. You guys really do rock, and it's it's really quite important. Yes. Coming up next, we have a new Sunday luncher. Yeah, Tess. Tess is doing Sunday lunch the next few weeks. She's getting ready. Is she coming into the studio to No, nah, she's going to there. Oh, she's, she's good. Totally. She's good. Um, so Tess is coming up. She's going to be doing Sunday lunch for the next month. And uh, an interesting title, channeling a little bit of Scooby-Doo, mm. Those Meddling Kids. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, coming up next... There's a great afternoon of entertainment on Triple R, but you know that you're part of the family. See you next week. See you next week. This has been a podcast from 3RRR 102.7 FM in Melbourne. Truly independent community radio. Want to hear more? Check out our website at rrr.org.au.